Welcome to The Complete Angler, your source of information on the outdoor industry in central Canada. With over 35 years in the field, host Don Lamont covers topics and issues with industry leaders and influencers to bring you up to speed on what's happening in the outdoor world. And now, here's your host, Don Lamont. Our guest today is a fisheries manager with Manitoba's Department of Agriculture and Resource Development. Derek Croker received his technical training at Lethbridge College and completed both his bachelor and master's degrees at the University of Manitoba. Derek manages fisheries in the eastern region of Manitoba, as well as collaborating with other branch staff on province-wide initiatives. In his spare time, Derek can be found searching out the next hot bite on many of Manitoba's incredible fisheries. Derek, awesome. welcome to the Complete Angler Podcast. Thank you, it's great to be here. Uh, we've met many years ago. Um, we were doing a little seminar for the kids at uh, Centennial School in Lactabonne, and uh, you had, I think, had just become on as the regional fisheries biologist in the Eastern region, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Actually, it was the regional fisheries manager, uh, Doug LaRue, who just retired, and they had asked me to, to sort of fill his big shoes, you might say, as I got here. And uh, yeah, we met soon after that uh, on the dock here at the, the office in Lactavani, and um, things have gone really well since then, I'd say. Hey, Don? They really have, and, and a lot of changes in this province to the way the fishery is being managed. Uh, we've got new funds, we've got new initiatives. The one... I want to talk about specifically today, Derek, is the one you're involved in was the Manitoba Recreational Angling Strategy. Tell us about how you arrived with, at this document. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, so, you know, us as fisheries managers and biologists, we, we are listening constantly to anglers, listening to other industry players, and uh, we hear from them from, you know, for, from years and years about different ideas and different ways we can be doing things. And so we're constantly listening to our, our clients, essentially. And what you have seen in this uh, this angling package that the proposed changes essentially is the is accumulation of years and years worth of people's recommendations to us. So it's taken, you know, likely over five years for us to sort of compile all the ideas into a package that would make sense. And of course, as you see in the package, there's some give and take, and it's all about balance, right? Um, one of the things we've heard loud and clear from our anglers is that they wanted us to increase the opportunities. They recognize that we have so many different varieties of fish to fish for, and they wanted to have the opportunity to fish for them at different times of year. But that needed to be balanced with the protection of fish stocks. So it took a bit of time to find what we are hoping for is sort of the right balance between the opportunity and the protection of the fish stock. And the, the proposal that uh, went out last week is, is the culmination of years worth of work towards that very, that very idea. So if people want to see this report, how do they find it? Yeah, they can go to Engage MB uh, on, on that website and there is a three minute video which gives a very high level summary. And then there's the actual 10 page document itself. And, and on that uh, website, we certainly encourage people to, uh, to, to speak their minds. Like there are, there's a lot in there. There's a lot of different kinds of changes and we wanna hear what people have to say. Um, the proposed changes that we've presented uh, cannot be implemented for at least two years. We're proposing the changes to come in in 2023. So there's really almost two years uh, of time to, to, to modify these changes. So we're looking forward to, to the feedback uh, on what people have to say. Hopefully people are excited. This is kind of the, the largest change, uh, at least at once. 
of fisheries regulations that I've seen in my time in government and probably much longer than that. And I think, Don, you probably can comment about uh, just the nature of these changes compared to what's happened in the past. Well, Derek, for me, it's very exciting. And uh, as one of the one of the people that uh, represents stakeholder groups, uh, it, very exciting. But why now, Derek? Why now? Yeah, again, um, like there, this has been building for some time. So it's uh, it's not that... Um, you know, it's not that necessarily there was this uh, this uh, immediate need, I guess you could say, for it, but it's just it had come to a point where we were ready to present to the public. Uh, now, mind you, with you know, obviously with change in governments, sometimes there's uh, more of an emphasis on, on on providing some opportunity for change. I'm not saying that's exactly how it was, but obviously a change in government can can change some staff as well. And so, you know, there was maybe some of that as an influence, but I think also a little bit the, the added pressure to the fisheries, which has happened uh, since COVID. We know that uh, people have actually taken to fishing in droves in Manitoba, which I'm so happy for. Uh, the fact that our fishery was, was able to remain open and people really took advantage of this wholesome activity that we have of fishing, both, uh, you know, to, uh, to have some, some fresh fish to eat, but also just the sheer enjoyment of being out in nature and, and reconnecting. So, you know, part of what we saw was a dramatic increase in that, which is great. But as a manager, uh, I have this really interesting job of promoting that opportunity in fisheries, but also uh, making sure we protect the fish stocks, right? I have that balance. And what you see here is definitely a, a nod to the fact that we saw an increase in pressure on our fish stocks. And so it's not necessarily that this needed to come in because of COVID. However, I think the timing is, is pretty um, appropriate that we are presenting this at a time when our, 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 we have more people fishing than we normally have had. So um, I'm, I'm not saying COVID had the, the final straw, but it was pretty timely that it happened at, uh, right now. Yeah, it kind of pushed, uh, pushed it over the, over the brink to get starting to get some things done. But the thing that one of the things I really am impressed about the package um, is science based management. And this current government has put their money where their mouth is and finally listened to fisheries managers and allocated funds to just do that. Talk about that, Derek. Yeah, that, it, it's really exciting. Uh, you know, government has uh, has uh, earmarked a significant amount of funds for us this year uh, to essentially use to to monitor our fish stocks. It, it, it is earmarked towards gathering more data. And that's uh, as biologists and managers, uh, we, we need data to work with, right? And so when the new funding was announced earlier this year, we were very excited that we'd be able to go back to some of these lakes and rivers, which we haven't maybe visited as often as we'd have liked in terms of our sampling programs. And we'll be able to go more often and uh, and actually get more up-to-date data, which then just cycles back into our management process and the regulation making process. Um, you know, a lot of people say you can't manage without data and, and it's true. So uh, having this reinvestment by this government uh, into our group is, is very exciting. We're extremely grateful and uh, we want to make the most of it for sure. Yeah, it, uh, it really bodes well. And a lot of people might not understand that uh, for a long time, this uh, department was uh, bare bones. Uh, you know, uh, they lost a number of the regional biologist positions, but now that's all turned around, is it not? Well, definitely. Yeah, we've had some new hires recently, which is very exciting. Uh, I mean, the past is the past, it's something, you know, a lot of us can't control, but we understand obviously that, you know, every organization goes through lean time. So we're, we're not complaining by any stretch of the imagination, but we are super grateful when we do uh, are acknowledged by obviously, you know, by our, our superiors. And of course, the user groups had a lot to do with this. Uh, if it wasn't for uh, the user groups um, really encouraging government to reinvest in fisheries, this probably wouldn't happen. So 
organizations like yourself and Manitoba Wildlife Federation, Manitoba Lodges and Outfitters Association without sort of the uh, the communication from your groups to government. Uh, I'm not sure if this would have happened. So again, we're very grateful for all the user groups and all the industry leaders that have really brought, uh, I think, the fishing and fisheries management into the spotlight. And, you know, again, we're, we're just very grateful for all, all of our community partners that have helped along in this. Well, I think all sectors of society and government have recognized how valuable the fishery is to our province. And, you know, when we put some economic numbers on it, everybody was totally astounded. And as you mentioned in your strategy, uh, Manitoba is one of the few provinces in North America that continues to grow their angling license sales and their angler base. Yeah, that's really exciting. When I saw the latest numbers come in, uh, I was so excited to see that we continually to have an increased number of people participating in this industry. And so we know, you know, with the $600 million that it brings to our economy every every year, uh, $600 million is, is quite a considerable economy. And uh, we're attracting new people all the time. And especially new Canadians that are coming here are, are taking to fishing, which is fantastic. It's a great way for people to come and, and experience the sort of the Manitoba culture of how we, how we use the outdoors and how we use our fisheries. So exciting to see uh, those people, exciting to see so many seniors continuing to fish, you know, where uh, in a lot of other jurisdictions, it can maybe be difficult for having seniors go out, but we have places that are ex- relatively easy to access for people to, to fish, whether it's close to Winnipeg or other major centers. Uh, Manitoba is just blessed with so many good water bodies, with so many good fisheries. And, uh, and I don't want to take credit for that for in terms of us as necessary managers having created those great fisheries. Uh, a lot of it has to do with people already taking, you know, a lot of self-responsibility to, to release a lot of fish. The latest uh, numbers are that uh, of all the fish caught in Manitoba, 84% of them are released and only 16% are retained. And that's such a huge difference as it was from 20 years ago, where roughly half the fish were retained and half were released. We now have, you know, most of our fish being released, which is uh, such a, a great opportunity for, you know, catch and release and having those fish caught again and again. So yeah, we're just thrilled that people are, are continuing to fish. Um, we're thrilled to manage it. We're gonna be able to do even more now with the investments coming our way in terms of uh, you know, just fine tuning the management on our important fisheries. One of, the, uh, one of the key points that you talk about in, in the strategy is the prote- protection of trophy fish. How do, you, how do you plan on doing that, Derek? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's going to be exciting. So we have uh, seven species in the strategy, which will have a, a maximum size limit, which means that any fish over those sizes will need to be released. And as far as I know, that's not really been done in, in most other jurisdictions. They may have one or two species, but we've got seven of our major species now, which will be protected at that trophy size, at that large size. And it does two things. And this is what's so exciting, is that we, we now know that those larger fish are actually quite important for spawning. Most of those large fish are females and they actually uh, produce larger eggs with uh, more lipid content or or more nutritious egg, you might say. And our folks at the hatchery have found that if they use a larger walleye, they actually have better hatch and the fry tend to be in better condition. So by protecting those large fish and having people release them, we're actually going to be increasing the reproductive potential for those fish maintaining the genetics of large fish in the, in the population. So we're actually doing the population a benefit. But then there's this whole other sidebar of essentially the, uh, the trophy fishery and the tourism that comes with that. Manitoba will be able to say, you have a fantastic chance of catching a fish of a lifetime because we don't kill our largest fish in these seven species. And so 
I can only imagine that this is going to be something that, uh, you know, guides and outfitters are going to be using as a promotional tool. Travel Manitoba perhaps as well, saying come to Manitoba where your chances of catching a trophy fishery are, are going to be higher than almost anywhere else. So this is sort of a two-pronged, um, you know, benefit to Manitobans. And uh, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing how our industry responds to this and how they, uh, they use it as a marketing tool for sure. Little sidebar story here. I was watching a show with my friend Al Linder, and I was actually talking to him on an earlier podcast about um, his his home lake in Hayward, Wisconsin, was a smallmouth bass fishery. And uh, after the death of his brother Ron, he went back there to to fish the lake and and recall some memories. And he talked about how the lake now was managed. Back in his day, they kept all the big smallmouth bass. Now that fishery is managed as a trophy smallmouth fishery where you have to release all the big fish and you can certainly keep some of the smaller fish. And, you know, despite uh, convention, and I, I don't want to get off topic here, but uh, I also like the idea that uh, we should promote um, people keeping smaller smallmouth bass because some of the lakes get stunted because there's, there's too many smaller fish and, and there's no room for the big fish to grow. But that, that's another topic for another day. But uh, yeah. it, it's great to see that you guys are proposing to uh, um, to um, um, protect our trophy fisheries. But what is? I, I just want to mention a couple other things. You mentioned about the senior license. Now the senior is sixty five mm-hmm. and over. Just like Ontario, you only have to show your ID. That's it. It's the same as Ontario, and you've extended right. uh, the closed season for walleye fishing. Uh, another week exactly on the same schedule as Ontario, right? So this pr- provides yep. added protection, right, Derek? Absolutely, yeah. The the extra week for sure is going to add some protection to the walleye uh, stocks. What we did notice, of course, in uh, in years where spring was a little bit later, well, walleye will spawn a little bit later than normal. And places like the Lower Red River, uh, which we've recently found out actually has a, a much larger spawning population of walleye than we know, and that's thanks to Doug Watkinson and the folks at DFO who collaborated with us and many other researchers across Canada to actually uh, determine this, this mass movement, a uh, spawning movement of walleye into the lower Red River. And we're, that'll be closed for an extra week than it normally would be because in those later springs, uh, people were catching spawning walleye at that time. And so these proposed changes will add that extra week of protection for that area. Um, and that's going to support again, that uh, very important uh, recreational fishery in the Red River, uh, and on Lake Winnipeg, which of course uh, so many people rely upon, uh, probably the two biggest fisheries we have are the Lower Red and the Win- and Lake Winnipeg. So it's going to be uh, just a long-term benefit to the walleye population of those two systems. And I think we must explain to the listeners that in Manitoba we have a lot of mixed-use fisheries uh, use. So explain about that. For sure, yeah, especially some of our larger lakes. I mean, obviously we have uh, subsistence harvest, we have recreational fishing, and we have commercial fishing on top of that. So this can be quite a challenge, obviously, because there's different management regimes and different regulations that actually apply to each of those three sectors. But there's no reason why these fisheries can't be managed where all users can benefit, right? And so, of course, when we protect spawning fish in particular, we know that's going to help all three industries and all three groups of people that are using the fishery. So we certainly respect, you know, and, and want to promote the continued subsistence use of our fisheries for food. It's very important food for a lot of people, and we want to protect that. That's actually very important for us. We also want to protect the commercial fishery. In some communities, the commercial fishery is extremely important, and we want to continue to support that. And of course, obviously, you know, the reason we're talking is we want to promote and and grow our recreational angling uh, 
industry as well. So again, a lot of the, the mixed use fisheries have room for sharing these fish. And it's exciting to, you know, go down this path where, you know, we can see all three groups um, benefit from some of the changes that we're proposing in this, this regulation package. So now that this report is out to the public and uh, quite a lot of the anglers in the province have seen it, what are some of the hot, the hot topics? What are some of the, the, the concerns? Yeah, no, there's definitely concerns and there should be, right? I mean, that's the one thing I really enjoy about talking to anglers is most of them are passionate. Most anglers really have a, an opinion about what we're doing. Uh, it'd be terrible if they didn't, but anglers do have an opinion. And so some of the hot topics are, uh, are the bait uh, in terms of live bait. So in this proposal, we are proposing to ban the, the harvest and use of live bait fish and leeches. And that is quite controversial uh, because some people definitely like to use live bait fishes and leeches. Um, you know, currently in Manitoba, you, you, it's prohibited to use them in the north, in our provincial parks, uh, in some other areas. So it's, it's not that live bait are being used all across Manitoba. I think the latest report from the Federal uh, Fisheries um, uh, Survey in 2010 was about 15% of Manitobans use leeches and about 17% of Manitobans use live bait fish. Uh, the rest don't. So it's controversial, but we do know the risks are, are so high of using live bait and it's because of the movement of water. Um, so that's the real difficult part is when people move water, unfortunately, there can be, you know, unintentional introductions of diseases or, or other things, of uh, invasive species, zebra mussels, so forth, so that we don't really want. So that's probably one of the hot topic, top, one of the hot topics is, is live bait. Um, some of the other ones might be just uh, people aren't really comfortable with moving away from the general closure and going into a species specific closure. Some people feel that will be very difficult to enforce uh, that, which again, it could be challenging. But you know, we did present this, this uh, package to our conservation office, officer service several weeks ago before it was released to the public. And by and large, our conservation officers were in favor of it and they felt that they could enforce this. Um, we have to, of course, realize that most jurisdictions across North America do have species-specific uh, closures, not a general closure. So we're not, by, by far, not the first jurisdiction to go to species-specific closures. So we're confident that that can be accomplished as well. And I think, again, um, as I was mentioned before, it's a bit of a balance act, right? We, we understand we're going to be opening up fishing for a lot of species year-round, and there might be some incidental walleye catches there. But we believe that sort of with the reduction uh, of the general limit from six to four, the protection of those trophy sized walleye, the extending of the walleye season by the closure by one week, all those things will help to protect the walleye. Plus, there's a lot of education that needs to go with this, right? There's This is a pretty big change for Manitoba. So we fully expect to do a lot of education to people and things that we're doing right now. Some of the other seminars that, uh, that Fisheries Branch staff are putting on are meant to just help spread this message about how we're trying to find this balance. Well, in pastures, Derek, you might not be on this podcast. <laughs> but the, but the, government, the government wants to get the message out there. One of the things that I wanted to talk to you about that is, is exciting for me as well, because it's great to have all these regula regulations, but if you don't have any, anybody out there enforcing uh, those regulations, you know, it, 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 it gets tough to convince the angling public that uh, things are as, as the way they should be. Now, there's been changes. Now, there. I understand enforcement was it was was moved into your department. 
Well, I'm not sure if, it, if they were moved into us or, or we were moved into them, but okay. the, uh, we are together anyway. I think that's yeah. what's important is that yeah. we're together. And uh, it's really exciting to be now sort of under one management agency with our enforcement uh, brothers and sisters, because obviously, you know, we work with them already. They're, they're down the hall from us. Sometimes we share a boat with them. We, yeah. we meet them in passing at the office. And we often ask them what's happening on the landscape and they tell us what's happening and they tell us where, you know, certain types of infractions or what's happening in the fishery. Having us together under one uh, other one director is going to be fantastic. It's going to be, we're going to be able to uh, help the officers find those very specific areas where we have enforcement concerns. So it's going to be the right type of enforcement at the right time at the right place. And uh, we're really excited to be working more closely with them. Uh, I can't comment necessarily in terms of how their job is going to be different than it was in the past, but it sounds like they're going to be more focused on the wildlife and fisheries ends of things where in the past conservation officers were had a really wide scope of job. Uh, and so it sounds like there's going to be a bit more emphasis on the enforcement of, of fisheries and wildlife infractions, which is going to be fantastic, right? I think that's exactly what anglers and hunters want in this province. They want to see the officers in the field. And uh, yeah, I, th I think all signs are pointing towards just an enhanced relationship with us and uh, I think an increased presence in the landscape. Another thing that's really exciting for me, Derek, is that uh, a lot of people in your department uh, really care about the outdoors both fishing and hunting and and the resource you know you're a hardcore angler very knowledgeable i've had an opportunity to fish with you and your son and um so it, it's pretty exciting because you're out on the landscape you know you're living it as well so that's important stuff is it not I think so. I mean, I really enjoy my time fishing uh, with my with my family and friends. Of course, we're missing it a bit now during COVID, but yeah. it to me, it's it's just such a great opportunity for me in my position to to connect with the people who are actually using this resource, and I get to ask them questions while they're while they're fishing. You know, why why are you fishing for this species here? Um, what's what are you targeting today? Uh, and how, how did you end up here? And I hear people's stories about you know, how they've learned about a certain fishery, what their perceptions are about harvesting or not harvesting, uh, how they used to use bait or now not use bait. I mean, there's so many ways that I learn while I'm on the landscape and I'm always humbled uh, by the people I talk to about their immense knowledge. Um, we, we glean so much of that as fisheries biologists and managers. Uh, like we're not the owners of knowledge. You know, we, we obviously have our school knowledge, but we need that interaction with the anglers. And so myself and a lot of my colleagues are, yeah, we like to go fishing because that's where we get to meet the people who are doing the very thing that we're trying to manage. And um, it's so important. I, I, I find that every time I go out and, and talk to people in the landscape, I'm learning something new and it just makes me a better manager and a better biologist. One thing I might I would be remiss not to mention is too that was really exciting news for me as well as a, a new restocking truck, $250,000 to that. That's, that's huge. It, it is huge. Uh, the the stocking truck, of course, our, our hatchery in the white shell is down, uh, you know, right in the southeast corner near West Hawk Lake and Caddy Lake. Uh, it's at the very corner of the province. And of course, a lot of our trout move all over the province into the Prairie Parkland in the western part of the province. And the old truck we had had, I don't know how many kilometers on it, but it was showing, showing its age. And we actually had a few breakdowns in the last few years. And the truck was relatively small also. So we had to make a lot of trips. The new truck, we are just so, so grateful for the investment in that truck. It is considerably larger. It can take much more fish. It's going to have upgraded uh, uses of, of uh, you know, the oxygen uh, storage and oxygen distribution throughout the tanks in the truck. 
Uh, it's going to be much more comfortable for the person driving it. I've gone along with the, the, the hatchery staff as we're stocking. The old truck was pretty bumpy and hard on the back. The new truck is more comfortable. It's newer. Uh, it's going to be more reliable. And it's going to just mean healthier trout. When, when stocking truck gets all the way to the northwest corner, those trout will be in fantastic shape. And it's just a one more investment that this government has made in terms of, um, you know, ensuring that the work that's already been done uh, is 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 going to continue and, and that good work that the hatchery folks do, uh, that those fish are going to arrive in the very best shape possible wherever they're being transported to. And with those applications to the Fisheries and Wildlife Enhancement Fund, uh, they'll be able to use that truck to to uh, stock and some of the various lakes in the province. It, you know, it's it's a very exciting time for me in this province with all the all the progress I've seen over the last four or five years uh, to what we're trying to do to not only uh, improve the fishery, but protect it. So um, keep up the great work, Derek. And when we go forward, um, what are, with the angling public, what should they be aware of? Like how we mentioned that you can go to Engage Manitoba CA. Is that, that the website to... Yeah, it's just called Engage MB, and I think if you t if you type that in, that uh, it'll bring you to a page where you know this this current government is really actually very interested in hearing Manitobans' opinions. So if you go on that site, you'll see several different projects and proposals coming from different departments on that. You know, about transportation and healthcare and education. This government really wants to hear from Manitobans, and I can attest that some of the comments that come through do reach to the very highest levels, and people are listening, uh, and myself included. We're we're watching and listening to what people are saying. On that website, there's several different ways to respond. There is an actual poll that sort of gauges your overall acceptance of the proposal. There's an opportunity for a quick comment that you can post publicly. And of course, then there is also a button where you can actually click to submit your responses, which I think is really valuable. So if people are truly passionate about fishing and they really want to comment out of a, of a specific portion of it, they have the opportunity to submit essentially an email or a letter that is that comes to us as fisheries branch that we get to see people's ideas and i fully expect to see you know even unique ideas saying hey had you considered you know i don't know uh, doing this with this species or had you considered closing this area we're expecting to see that because again anglers are passionate that's one thing you can always count on when i meet someone uh who's passionate about angling they have ideas and i love hearing about them well, sometimes they're not always, uh, you know, friendly to government, but that's okay. I, I understand that. And I just take that as strict passion and I, I, I accept that fully. So yeah, I encourage people to go to Engage MB. If you're not comfortable that way, you know, we have regional uh, fishery staff in, 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 in the different parts of the province. We have them in Lactvani and of course in Brandon and Dauphin, Swan River, Thompson. We have fishery staff in Gimli as well. And of course, in Soto Crescent in Winnipeg, uh, reach out to your regional staff. We're here in the offices. We want to talk to you. We want to listen. So if you already have a contact, uh, certainly go that way. Even our districts, uh, which have conservation officers, they're going to be ready to talk about this package too. So we have people who are ready to, to talk about it and listen. And I encourage people to contact me directly if they'd like to and, and just talk about you know some of the other rationale behind the changes. Well, Derek, thanks uh, so much for coming on the show. Keep up the, the great work, and uh, I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about what the, uh, the final changes will be. And it's an exciting time for the anglers and everybody who cares about the fisheries resource in Manitoba. Thanks so much, Derek. Yeah, and thanks, Don, very much for this opportunity. It's, it's great to be able to do a podcast with you, and I look forward to working with you closely again. And we better get on the water when we can pretty soon. Absolutely. Okay, thanks, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. 
Visit hookedmagazine.com to subscribe to The Complete Angler and never miss an episode.